What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Bounds Network. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, go to my website, buy a coffee mug and some socks and stickers, and sign up to subscribe to this podcast where you're donating to us monthly so we can keep doing cool episodes. No, I'm just kidding. You can just sit here and uh, listen to this episode. Uh, but anyways, back for another episode is uh, Colby Lang. Yeah, we sat down with Colby Lang a few months ago, uh, chatted a little bit about depression and uh, about what he was going through in the sport while he was living in Europe. I had the pleasure of running into Colby Wallace at the four days of Geneva. We both were there racing the race and uh, yeah, we sit down, we chat what it was like to race that race uh the experiences of being in switzerland and racing and uh kind of what it's like racing a four-day madison it's pretty hectic uh there was 12 teams on a 166 track if you're not familiar with what a madison is just hit pause on this episode and uh, go to youtube and check out madison track racing and then you can come back to this episode because and even then you still probably won't be able to fully comprehend it but it's absolutely mental um and so anyways yeah it was gear restricted it was it was a whole different experience but anyways um yeah let's go ahead and dive into that episode but first let's hear a quick message from the sponsors and back for another episode guys is spot spot covers your medical bills up to twenty thousand dollars each time you get injured spot will cover your actual out-of-pocket costs instead of a fixed fee in a world where many people are under and uninsured with sky high deductibles spot fills that gap that's sorely lacking in the outdoor space spot has no deductible and is a monthly subscription can be canceled at any time spot works whether you have health insurance or not while spot works with and covers a lot of cyclists and mountain bikers spot policy covers you 24 7 worldwide whether you're ripping a crit skiing a black diamond chopping up your food in your kitchen or even climbing mount everest so check out spot all you have to do is go to kroom.getspot.com that's kroom.getspot.com and you can check out your quote today um and honestly guys you don't even have to do that if you're racing with uh, usa cycling they're actually offering it a part of their membership fees. Now, it's a completely different service, and by completely different, um, it, it only works in certain situations. I think it's like for racing and training. I don't know, you have to read the fine print, and by the fine print, it's pretty much listed when you sign up for it. Um, so it's it's two different, it's two different um, types of coverage. But um, all you have to do is go check them out at um, kroom.getspot.com or you can go to USA Cycling through your membership and check out what they offer. But this spot is such an awesome company. I mean, it's almost almost too too good to be true and um, I've already had to use it, so it works. Um, So again, go check them out at kroom.getspot.com. Also back for another episode is Twisted Spoke CBD. Guys, Twisted Spoke CBDs is located here in Colorado Springs, owned by a bunch of cyclists. And man, are they doing cool things in the space, especially here in Colorado Springs. If you're located in Colorado Springs, make sure you go check them out over on Garden of the Gods Road. Um, They have kombucha on tap. They have cold brew on tap. And and it's just a bunch of cool dudes. Um, And they make some of the best CBD products on the market and you know they're going to be safe 
on top of that because they're created by cyclists. So they're making sure that we're putting the right stuff into our bodies for our health and all those other good things. Also, they make a CBD tincture for your pets, for your loved ones. I just had a dog who tore his ACL. We got him on a little bit of the doggy CBD, and uh, yeah, it's calming him down, helping him sleep at night, and it's great. So go check them out at twistedspokecbd.com. That's twistedspokecbd.com. Or if you're in Colorado Springs, make sure you go check them out over on Garden of the Gods Road. Also back for another episode is Bike Hardcore. Guys, there's no there's no need to have a dirty bike, especially if you've been listening to this podcast. Bike Hardcore has been a supporter of this podcast for such a long time and honestly a supporter of me. And thank God for that because my bike is super, super, super dirty. And uh, they have this foaming sprayer that I love. And honestly, with how cold it is, um, it makes life a lot easier when you just have to spray all the soap all over the bike and you're not getting your hands all super wet in the cold outdoors. Um, but anyways, check them out at bikehardcore.com. That, that's my favorite product. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. And it's about as simple as a weed sprayer. Honestly, it's, you know, you pump this thing up and you spray foamy goodness all over your bike. As weird as that sounds now that I've just said that out loud. Anyways, go check them out at bikehardcore.com. That's bikehardcore.com. Use code CROOM10 at checkout um, to get 10% off your first order. And uh, yeah, but anyways, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Bounds Network. My name is John Kroom, and uh, yeah, we're sitting here with Colby Lang, and we're going to talk about Geneva. We just did the four days of Geneva, and uh, it was pretty mad. It was insane. Colby had a completely different experience than I did, which is kind of why I wanted to bring him on the podcast, because he got to see the front half of the bunch, and I got to see the back half of the bunch. Um, but it was probably about as chaotic in the front as it was in the rear. Um, but anyways, Colby, how you doing, man? Hey, so glad to be here again. So yeah. soon. Well, so I wanted to record this podcast like in Geneva, like as it was happening, but every night, so every morning I was fucked and every night I was fucked. And then I was like trying to think of times like where we could just like go up there and sit down and by the, really, it was only the first day that we probably could have done it. You know what I mean? Cause it like, we had to be at the track earlier and earlier every day. Oh my God. It, I mean, it, it's actually cruel. So for people that don't know how, uh, I mean, this was four days of Geneva, but how six day racing works is you tend to start pretty late at night and you're going to be really lucky if you finish before 1130 at night. Um, and then with all that, I don't know about you. I did not fall asleep before two thirty ever. Um, and then by the last day, they're having you back at the track racing at 10 in the morning. So getting up at gosh knows when to eat your breakfast. And seriously, I've never seen a more cracked bunch of humans, like just zombies everywhere in the hotel. <laughs> oh my Yeah, gosh. it was. Well, and that was the wild thing. Like the first night um, and you're saying that you didn't go to bed until 2.30. Here's the thing. I almost went to bed instantly, like when I got back. But I woke up at like three in the morning and then there was no, there was no going back to sleep. And I was like, fuck. And so I, I would like try to lay there. I had a rule. Like I couldn't look at my phone until 5 a.m. And, and, uh, because I would think that that would help me go back to sleep, but never did. Um, yeah. and so I got, well, you were still jet lag still probably. Yeah. I got to figure something out for you were doomed this next one. Like, cause I think it's kind of given me this like little head cold. 
um, which sucks because with this whole Omicron thing, you know, you just like go into full panic of like, oh God, I have COVID. Um, I'm going to die. Um, yeah. and I'm trying to go yeah. back over. And so it's, it's hectic, but anyways, um, yeah. So we literally would race, we raced first night at like seven and then the next day at five 30, but then the next day we had a points race at noon and then <laughs> like, and then the day after that, it was at 10 in the morning and, and so on and so forth. And so, yeah, man. So what was your, like going into that race? So like, we had again we had two separate preps too so i rode with an american i rode with eddie huntsman and younger guy never had the experience uh or like never has experienced something at this level which was super cool to kind of be with him and and, and experience that with him um but you were going into it with a partner you didn't know um well you you knew of him right do you know yeah i i i I knew of him just from you know watching like european champs and stuff Mm -hmm. uh Turns out he's a sweet guy. Yeah, we didn't meet until, you know, whatever, an hour before the first race, which is always comforting. I feel bad for him, but I was keeping like a big secret from him the whole time as well. So we were teetering on the urge of disaster. Like, so I I had fallen mountain biking and yeah, like not a not a big deal crash at all uh like got right back up not a lot of pain or anything finished the ride um and then whatever the next day just went to the gym was doing sprint workout like no issues uh fast forward like a week and a half i'm pumping my tires two days before the event and i don't know something popped or cracked or (laughs) if my rib just like broke in half but i swear i could not walk just frozen in pain and it, it just locked up and and so now i'm like sweet like this guy's flying from the uk to come race with me and he's gonna show up and i'm gonna tell him like oh yeah sorry can't do it um see ya see you when i see it but thankfully by some miracle the thing that hurt least of riding bikes or lifting bikes on my shoulder or pumping tires or wearing backpacks anything I did in the day, the thing that hurt the least was doing the Madison throw. So, which is insane. Super lucky there. Yeah. It doesn't ex- make any sense. You're exchanging a human. That's like what? 160 pounds, whatever. Um, into a bike race, like full gas at like 60 plus K an hour. And yeah. you had no pain, but what's, what's really funny is that you don't know this, but if you rewind, there was a time. So you guys did exchanges, right? You just met, you literally just met. And Will's like stoked. Will's like, I'm going to win. We're going to win this thing. Like, I hope Colby's fit because, like, I want to win. Like, he came in with a mission. And then your girlfriend goes, has he told you yet? And she, he goes, what? And she goes, like, like straight up wide-eyed. And, like, his rib. Like, has he told you about the rib? He's like, what about his rib? And I was like, oh, God, this is great. This is great. And so she's immediately trying to backpedal. And he's like, what rib? Like, what are you talking about? And then you walk into the room and then the, the conversation just goes out the window. We're good talking about it. And yeah. it ends up being okay. Yeah. You know, I sense that. And I, I had, I had planted <laughs> light seeds in Will's mind that something might not be totally right, but I certainly didn't. Cause to be honest, <laughs> Until the morning of the race, I was pretty sure it was going to be a disaster. I want to know, like, would you, if you were in Will's 
position, would you be furious? I'm trying to know what I was. I I had this blind faith that I was going to pull it off somehow, but uh, like if you got to the race and say in your case, Eddie's like, oh no, so I can't race, and he knew it for a few days, and you'd flown across mm. the continent to get there, like. I don't. I don't know. Uh, it's a little different in my case because, like, if I flew with Eddie, there was a there was a there was a little bit of a moment where we thought that was going to end. Like Eddie wasn't going to race, like, and that was just due to fatigue and some other things. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, like, if I got there and my partner was injured and it was an injury that he had been hiding, um. I don't know, like, I don't know how Will would have handled it just because of like how he was like, oh, Colby better be fit. Colby better be ready to go. Like, I like I would never, ever walk into a bike race and be like, my partner better be fit. Like, if he's not fit, fuck that. Like, um, I'm going to be angry. Like, so I have a feeling that if on the first night you pulled out because your rib was, yeah, it would have probably been bad. I had a feeling. I, I was nervous. He was texting me like, yeah, like, we're going to win this thing. And I'm looking at the start list. Like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, defending European Madison champion, defending European Games Madison champion. Like, yeah. All these six day guys. Like, yeah, okay. Like, he's like, how's your form? I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I, I took a break between now and the last time I rode the track, but yeah, she'll be all right. And she, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Like, we're, we're going to win this thing. Somehow we did win the first race, but uh, and the second, yeah, and the UCI one. That was that was cool. Now I now and that's when you blew your rib out again. Probably like what a race, no. a day night, a day later or so. I think no, no, this... no, no. So the first night was fine. Uh-huh. Woke up the second night was or woke up the second day was a little bit sore, but totally manageable. Third day, everyone's really feeling it by this point. Like you said, we're racing it noon which to most people are like oh starting a bike race at noon like that's that's perfect time but you know when you're not finishing at the track until midnight it's actually kind of cruel do the points race super hard points race like they always are and, and just putting my bike on my shoulder it popped out again and then <laughs> then I was also pretty sure that I wasn't going to be able to race again. And by that point it had gone well enough. And I think Will was tired enough to like everyone else in the race. He was like, yeah, yeah. Like no worries. Like, yeah. Like if, if it's not okay, like that's fine. Like that I'm was, also like ready to be done. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. Like, cause like when coming off the track, I'm like, fuck, like he's going to have to tell Will that he's probably not going to be able to race. Uh, he's just going to pull out and be like, Hey, I'm done. And Will was, it almost seemed like Will was wanting you to pull out just so he could be like, okay, the race was good. We had fun, boys. Um, And so, yeah. So was that your first, like, I know the answer to this, but what was, like, was that your first six-day experience? And if not, what was your first six-day experience? And let's let's dive into a little bit of that. I know the answer to this, but I have a feeling I had to, like, drop an interview question because I think it's a fucking hilarious story. Oh gosh. Especially well, when no, you tell it. No, not my first six day experience. Um, but so my first, the, the story that I'm going to tell was my first Madison experience, full stop, period. Um, so ever, <laughs> ever, like, yeah, yeah. Like even, even just doing exchanges, right? Well, no, no, no. I, I, I'd done some exchanges. I, Gav, Gav and I had been, you know, 
like behind the motor and stuff like that which around uh, people then so like did you ride with a yeah. group how many what, what was the max amount of teams that you rode with before this experience i don't know probably probably like four or something but it, okay. it also it, yeah i mean effectively going into this without having ever ridden in a madison bunch um and people that have never done madison won't uh won't know how crazy that is but just like your first madison race is so scary anyway but in this case it was it was in bremen germany which is on a 166 meter track so like tiny um half the size of most of the tracks in the u.s uh super narrow it's it's not even a permanent track i just build it in like a concert hall like there, there's there, you know like theater seats around you um and because it's such a closed space there's like all these pits and like mechanic stations and stuff that i i promise you if you were riding and stuck your hand out you could grab the wheel out of the mechanic's hand like there and you can't see anything it, it's it's just dangerous at the best times, right? <laughs> and so uh, we're we're going into this um, really prepared, having done you know tens of exchanges in my lifetime. <laughs> and we fly to Bremen. Everyone on the trip is sick. Uh, we don't bring rollers. We don't bring road bikes. So we're just hitting this race like a hundred percent cold. I don't even have socks on because I forgot socks. Um, and is a, a UIV is what they call it. So basically just a U23 category, which, yeah, like U23s, the racing is even more dangerous because they're just full send. and They're looking like, for a contract. They're thinking they're, that they're looking they for a contract. Yeah, they, they're, there's, contract. there's no respect amongst each other, you know what I mean? <laughs> Kind partners of, are even trying to crash each other yeah 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 well, <laughs> well, well we'll get to that um yeah like so it kicks off and like i was on the back straight gavin starts to go and all of a sudden the lights go out and like they had just done a big light show and i knew that six days are meant to be you know like like a, a show like a performance there's there's lots of other aspects of six days to make it as entertaining as possible and so like i'm just assuming that we're going to race and they didn't shoot the gun or anything and so gavin and 12 other dudes are hooking around the track like we just can't see them and then guys start rolling off the rail to go do their changes and the lights are stilled out like <laughs> like i don't know imagine like you're in a dark velodrome like racing at night with no lights um thankfully eventually they stopped it like it was a mistake and for the actual race there was lights but yeah i mean it, it's hard to get the the gravity of the situation if you haven't done a madison but i mean having done it and live to tell another tale i think it, it it was criminal that i was allowed to be on that track like it's like a danger to everyone involved Jim including Miller. my teammate gavin who i crashed and gave a concussion to and then another <laughs> kid another kid who was on relief like surely as pinned as i was right like just so tired because the the race blows apart instantly it's just ones and twos on the track he's on relief probably so glad to be done with his pole 
I'm behind him, like just swinging, not controlling my bike and just like swing up and take him out. Uh, and yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. So like, just for like the average listener, cause like, again, if, if, if you don't even know what a Madison is, I want you to hit pause on this podcast and I want you to just go, like put, type into YouTube track cycling Madison and then just go down the rabbit hole and then re-enter into this podcast because the next question is that I'm going to ask you Colby is like the severity of difference of racing a national level Madison. So like in the U S a national level Madison in the U S compared to just what we just experienced even in Geneva. Cause that was, wouldn't you say that was a baby? Like that wasn't even that mm. crazy. I mean, fuck Loic is retired now, mind you, the guy is a uh, European elimination race champion, which honestly, that jersey right there alone, the status that should give you as a human being, like, <sighs> that, like that's unreal. Like to be an elimination race, national champion is one thing, but to be European champion is insane. So like try to compare it like to like try to keep it super simple so like for example like if i you know you're comparing it to like a honda versus a ferrari like compare mm. a national level madison to what we just experienced on the european level madison okay well so most of madisons you're going to do in the u.s are either going to be on a 333 meter track or a 250 meter track and so there's going to be compared to where we just were, which is a 166 track, there's going to be, I don't know, like, I, I don't know the math on this, but the, the 333 is much wider and obviously twice as long. Like, there's so much more room. The difference and, of that, though, like, is the different, like, like 12 teams on a 333 is, like, equivalent to, you know, three teams on a 166 yeah. like in, yeah. in comparison it's yeah and so yeah i mean we, we were gear restricted for this race so like every single race i hit 150 rpms or more um every race and yeah. so like even 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 when it's going slow you're still like spinning like crazy and so that alone takes a lot of concentration just to go around the corner and not fly up to the rail takes concentration. Um, and then you add 24 guys on the track, uh, all skilled at Madison doing things like, I, I don't know. I felt like I was towards the back of like Madison skills within the field. And you're watching these guys just like chop and change and dice you up, uh, while you're trying to go like 60k an hour at 160 rpms with no room and you can't see around it like I, I it's it's honestly just two different events like you have to do madison to understand what i'm talking about and then you have to do this madison to understand what i'm talking about like i don't even understand what i'm talking about and i had done it yeah so uh, you feel like there's just like no good way to compare it like and explain it no, it's not the same sport for sure not it's wow. not the same sport but I, it's so it's so technically different like and you would have experienced this but like it's also impossible to move up because the race is going so fast anyway you're on a tiny gear there's no room to go around in the first yeah. place because there's 24 guys within you know like a straight on the track 
but then you try and pass on the turn and you're going so much farther than the guys at the bottom. Like it's a full sprint just to keep up with them. And so you end up like fifth or sixth back to 12th, but you're just sprinting anyway to stay in the wheels. And then you're having to go around guys and go high. And uh, yeah, the technical aspect to it is incredible. And it actually shows because the, the team that ended up winning the overall uh, are two very experienced Madison riders. And Insane. by the end, when guys are like totally smoked, like you can just see the efficiency that they're doing. Like it's almost like they can bend the race to their will just because they're doing it so much more effectively than I was at that point, at least. Uh, yeah, um, it's really like... cool to watch and it's inspiring, but well, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. Yeah, I felt like Loic and his partner was Team Five, the the red red team. They they were so well drilled, and like Loic would come, they both would. They'd come down so late, like mm. so late. Like he would hang up there as long as he could, and then go down. And then trying to ride Tristan Marguerite's wheel on relief was like, I, I thought I was gonna slide out. Like the yeah, he was so slow. They could go I, I, so I, slow. Yeah. I tried once or twice and then eventually bailed. Like, yeah, just went in front of him. And rode it's crazy. It's crazy how much you can learn from just like riding relief and even riding in the bunch, like watching some of these guys uh, going full gas. If you can even comprehend what the fuck's going on, um, but like I was just like, oh yeah, like I think I could ride that slow on relief. And I think Yuri, you know, I was trying to do it, and Yuri Havik even was like, "Yo, speed up." <laughs> <laughs> because like I slid out once or twice and, uh, oh, yeah. and, and, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, those guys are so just so proficient and so, and so efficient in, 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 in their craft and what they do. Um, so yeah, man, like, again, do you think, like, do you think this is something that you want to do, I guess for the Olympics? I mean, you know, we, when we last chatted and me knowing you too, I know a little bit of your background, just more or less as a time trialist, but it seems like, you know, obviously, fuck, I don't know what a team pursuit program even looks like around here anymore. Um, but yeah, you've pretty much only raced in Europe this year and you've gotten stuck in and probably ridden with some of the best Madison riders and some of the best Enduros all year. So like, what, what is your, what is your next season looking like? And you know, what's going forward? Like, did anything come from this four day for you? Uh, yeah, so talk to UAE, and I think I'm going to partner with Tade for the tour. There you um, go. I'll do the Giro before, he'll do the Vuelta after. That's probably for the uh, best, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. He, Still he, up in the air on the tour, right? He can't handle the Italian roads, but I can. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm definitely focused on the track. Uh at least through Paris as yeah, a yeah. sort of overarching picture. But um, the majority of my races will be on the track through through May, at least in the short term. Um, it's a little bit dicey now with like who, where races are going to be and where they're going to happen and how long you can spend in Europe at any one time. But I left that race like dying to do another six day um, or as many as yeah. I can. I think they're so cool. I mean, there's no, you just, you can't get like, I didn't know this until I did this race, but you can't 
reach your potential in Madison racing without doing tons of six days. Like hundred percent. And like we're talking about, you, you see them riding around and they're just so, so effective. And so I want to do it. One is super fun Two It's massively beneficial to like your skill. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that uh, I'll get some opportunities to race and nation's cups and madisons and other high level races like you and i are doing track cycling challenge madison which will be a world-class field like that's sweet um but yeah we'll see i think i'm not i'm not i'm not sure who's been paying attention to the results but i was definitely really pleased from the week as a whole like i did well and everything i wanted to and so considering it's like kind of the beginning of the season for us i know you're about to take a break but like it's kind of the beginning of the post-olympic season if that makes yeah, yeah. sense um yeah i think I, I, it went it went well so I, i'm i'm keen to do more track every time i step off the track good or bad race i'm like oh yeah that was awesome was that the first time you've done that well in europe i was thinking about this the other day i was just like um like i was so impressed with how you rode and then i was like looking back and thinking about like all the races i've done i was like man i've been racing all year and like, I felt like I got stuck in and it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, it's completely different. And mm. just in the style of racing, like we even talked about the tempo race and it's like, oh yeah, I've loved, like, I've had great tempo races all year. And the first bad one that I didn't have, or the first bad one that I had was actually at a nation's cup is when the level changed. Mm. And so <laughs> who knows what's going to happen at the track challenge, but it's like, do you, do you feel like that racing in Europe has just become so ingrained in you now? That you're able to start pulling results uh it could be i mean <clears throat> i think it's uh, i don't know i mean obviously i'm i'm developing as an athlete as it yeah. is i think racing in europe has been an important part of that one thing is and i think it is the same sort of thing that's happening in team pursuit and individual pursuit but going further back like the classic four minute mile example but when you race benjamin Thomas. And he just makes like the second and third best track riders in the world look like children. You realize like, oh, well, apparently that's possible. Yeah. And so now your standards like lifted and like, not that I thought that I was some hotshot before, but you at least know that there's, there's incredible things with your own eyes. And while he does make you feel like a child walking off the track somehow it's also closer than you thought like oh well i could race with him for half the race so yeah. maybe soon i can do two-thirds of the race and then uh, three-fourths of the race and then who knows where that stops right so that's also was like kind of an, an inspiring experience um yeah and also oh, you make so many mistakes bench racing i feel like and eventually like sometimes things are just clicking you're in the flow of the race and it's obviously a lot easier to get to that point when you've been racing a fair amount which i have um yeah i'm actually keen when we race back in the u.s like i'll, I'll do nationals next year yeah. and there'll be totally different fields and I, I have no idea how that will go it's a different well, style of racing what i noticed in 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 just one mistakes um have to be adjusted a lot quicker at this level at the european level so in europe whereas 
in in America or or some of these lower level races in 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 the, in the Americas, you can kind of get yourself out of a mistake. Like you can start to realize, okay, I'm making a mistake. I can get out of this. Whereas like, I felt like, for example, just the scratch race alone, the one that we did, and you know, it's a big dice roll, right? I had this idea of like around 15 to 10 laps to go, a move's going to go. Like that's what's going to happen or there's going to be a bunch sprint, right? Like that's the race. I don't think a move's going to lap the field. I don't think that's what I think is going to happen. So I tried to race in that tactic. Literally with 11 laps to go, I find myself at the rail and the points race national champion, I don't know his Fitzstone, name. Simon Fitzstone. Dude sends it. And then you go, and then a few other guys go, and then that's the bike race. And at that point, you you know, it's gone. Like, there's no, there's no bringing it back at that point. Um, but it happened like this. Like, it was just so quick. And so, whereas in America, I feel like you can kind of adjust a little slower, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're also going to, you especially, are going to be marked. You sneeze, they'll go. You know, and then so like what I noticed this year is that they'll let some of the lower guys like roll off the front and happened a few times, actually. And they then they expect you to chase it down. They expect you to close it down, which understandable. I mean, like you should close it down. But at the same time, you can only do so much. You are human, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's actually maybe the biggest difference, right, is that uh, at any given track race in Europe, the majority, if not every rider on the track will be like capable and strong and, you know, like capable to win as well. Certainly not, like not everyone's entering the track a favorite, right? But yeah. they at least have the horsepower that there are, there are situations where they win the race where as like in the US, especially at, like in a 333 meter track when there's more guys on there anyway uh a lot of the guys or some of the guys like are really gonna have a hard time finding a way to win um and so that depth kind of works against the racing in general like you don't have to race against any one person in europe because they're all good where in the u.s when there's maybe five or six or seven guys that really good and then maybe a level below there's less and less guys it it happens oh yeah i'm stumbling over my words but yeah it just becomes more negative i think no for sure hey hold on one second pause real quick i'm gonna put my dog in this crate sick Sorry about that. That's why I was letting you ramble so I could find a good place to pause it so it was easier to edit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, so like that that is one thing I also noticed. I mean, if you go back and even just watch the U.S. Madison uh, on a 166, there, I don't think there was a single time 
in Geneva that the front three teams rode above the blue, like hesitating, mm. slowing the bunch. Yeah, yeah. It was always in the lane. It was always fast. It like it just never sat up. Whereas if you go back and watch the U.S. National Championship Madison, even it's like one person swings up, the whole bunch and string of people are just above the blue, and you're like, what the fuck? You know, like just yeah. Somebody, it's like it's like people were allergic to the wind. And hey, I'm not even gonna lie. Even I found myself doing it because it's like you get frustrated, right? You're just like, well, mm. you're not gonna hit the front, and I'm not gonna hit the front, and it's like this thing that trickles down when in reality it's probably easier if we all just keep riding the front <laughs> you yeah know? well yeah I was, I was about to say that like i think i think for the front few guys that's that's actually a pretty good tactic you know to just smash it because because it is so hard to effectively change after say fourth team yeah you're you're, you're losing so much time just going further but also not being able to do your changes like as efficiently that yeah it, it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy like in a lot of bike races of course like criterions and road races and such but if, you, if you're able to kind of surf the front efficiently then by the end of the race like it, it's night and day between you and an equally strong team that's been sitting 10 team the whole race yeah yeah no for sure and so and so that being said, like, where, where is it that you think the gap is? Like, do you think we're just not teaching the Madison enough here? We're not riding the Madison enough here? Or is it just like, mm -hmm. I, here's my thing. I think it's funny when people are like, oh yeah, you know, the U S is slow, this, this, and that. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Like, I don't, I don't think you're necessarily wrong, but like, if what I thought was so interesting in Geneva and this is kind of where it hit me is like guys and girls can just show up like via train right like you got you know and so you have like it doesn't ha even have to be a UCI race for it to turn into a UCI level race because you know you have 15 countries all popping over the pond to to get to the to get to the bike race and and it's like a two-hour flight for them or whatever it's like us flying to California like even then it's not even like it's closer than that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's the same on the road, right? Like, it is, it's almost cruel how, like, you go to a road race, or in this case, a track race, and guys that live two and three countries over are going to be home that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, I, like, what? So, in Switzerland, there's three world-class tracks within you know, like a two hour drive of each other, if that, if two hours, <laughs> whereas in the US we have one indoor wood 250, like, and I love it's, how it's you a didn't two hour flight a, around. I loved how you didn't call it a world-class track and it's longer than two hours, mate. To be, to be fair, I actually do love riding <laughs> LA, but it's not, yeah. it's not a fast track, but it is, it's one of my favorite tracks, right? Just cause you know, those turns are sweet. Nostalgia, smooth yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I've never been to Detroit, but that will certainly help. I think one thing is we just need more people riding more Madisons. That will make a big difference. But to, yeah, I mean, just the racing isn't that accessible. Like in Switzerland, they have their national championships and they can have them spread out throughout the year because it's like a 40 minute drive for most of them to go to any one of the, I don't know how many tracks they have there. 
and like when they rock up it it's it's a it's a field that if it was allowed could respectfully be like a, a world cup field you know a nation's cup field obviously you can't raise more than one person per nation in a world cup but like every one of those guys racing is capable of doing well in the nation's cup and yeah like that that feeds off each other so well whereas even if we had that depth in the u.s which athletes wise of course we do like we have the talent uh they just don't show up to the racing right like in at a nationals in la or t-town or something even not even all all the track riders show up so yeah <laughs> it's a uh, yeah that, that that's the battle we're fighting but hopefully hopefully we can make track cool again huh get people interested <laughs> well that that being said why didn't you show up to elite nationals this year uh well yeah that goes back to our last uh podcast about mental health just, and stuff yeah i just thought i would bring it up just so they're not when somebody listens to this they're not going well, you're the one of the track riders that doesn't I, show I get, up. Good point, good point. <laughs> and I'm not coming next year either, huh? I'm not coming next year. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, but yeah, like fair enough, right? Like I could have, I, yeah. I could have come. Um, I, I, I actually couldn't have really come to uh, to Madison Nationals this year just because by the time it was on. Uh, within possibility that I could go like it was already full and there's no nobody to ride with really but um yeah I mean obviously the last well <laughs> two years uh it's been all about the Olympics right and for yeah. the U.S. that was two guys uh which fair enough like and they prepared really well and I think they had a they were unlucky but they had a really good shot of doing well um but now I think everyone's going to take a step back, develop the program or develop the nation as a whole. Right. Cause obviously we have goals for Paris. I think, I honestly think that, uh, or we definitely have the talent to be metal, metal capable there in bunch racing. And then, I mean, for sure, LA is on everyone's mind, right? Like yeah. it's not so far off either. Yeah, no, that's insane. Um, I, I gotta get through Paris before I start thinking of LA vice versa. I got to get through this year before I even start really thinking about Paris. I mean, if I'm being honest, but, uh, but, uh, anyways, yeah, man. So this all being said, so what's after, obviously we're doing the track challenge again. Um, what, what racing is next for you? Um, you going to see, we're going to see you in a six day if they happen, um, is, is, are those in the talks? And you, I mean, if you have to leave it at that, that's totally cool. But, um, what's, what's next for you? Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like, so I'll race in Portugal. That'll be awesome. But those are C2s. And then you and I are going to smash it up in Grenchen. Uh, but there's also, like, normal or, yeah, standalone bunch races. So Omnium and points race and whatnot. That'll be sweet. That'll be a world-class field. Um, and it's also a cool event. You can get your haircut for free. So grow out those locks. No shit. I could just yeah. literally just got my haircut because I was thinking I needed to get a haircut. Mm. And, uh I'll just get my hair cut again. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what. If you want, man. Why is that a uh, thing? Don't know. Don't know. But uh, I hope it's still a thing with the, the COVID measures and stuff. But mm. uh, it's quite the event, I'll tell you. Last time Mark Cavendish was there, and I was so starstruck. And then sure. I got to ride around with him on the blue band. I thought that was so cool. Did you high five him? Oh, 
we're best buds. I wonder I if he knows we I exist, though. So maybe. Maybe he does. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, then I I mean I've I've put the feelers out right. Like getting into six days isn't a simple thing. Um, I think it actually helps that I'm American because they like international fields. But um, yeah, I've I've put my name out there to as many email addresses as I can. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do, especially when like, you know, I was talking to Guy East about it and he was like, the easiest thing is to have like an all American team. And then mm. I think he was even saying like some of those guys bring on their own sponsors. And like, I think there was a time where they were sponsored by Island 200, <clears throat> which was going to be a 200 meter track in America that just never happened. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and that was a thing. Um, and so yeah, they just ended up making contacts. I mean, you look at a guy like Nate Coke, you know, he, he got in. I think he brought a sponsor in as well, uh, similar mm. similar sponsor, but then he kind of just ran with it, made the most of it, put on a show, and um, yeah, long story short. But anyways, um, I'm going to wrap up this podcast because I know you're busy and, you know, you got other things to do. Um, so that being said, if you get have a cup of coffee, one individual, not the same one that you said, uh, mm. but one individual, uh, who that individual would be and uh, what cup of coffee would you have? Okay, well, we're having, you know, like a liter of coffee creamer, French vanilla. Mm, okay. Remember, no so coffee, just, only coffee yeah. creamer. Only coffee creamer. And you think I'd be smart enough to think of an answer, uh, but I didn't. Especially being you've been on this podcast before. I've been on this podcast. I've listened to this podcast. I thought earlier today that I should think about an answer and then oh, didn't, yeah. apparently. Um, I am going to say Lewis Hamilton right now because okay. I want to know the, the ins and outs of the title deciding drama. I want to know what goes into it. What, how's he feeling going into this race? Him and I are going to chat. I'll get him. I'll get his mental right. And uh, yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, cool, Colby. Well, thanks again for jumping in on the podcast. Uh, guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out Colby Lang's Instagram and social media. He updates it every single day at noon. So be sure to go check that out. Um, other than that, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs>